Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, and I'm joined again by Dr. Storsbach. Thanks for being on the show, Dr. Storsbach. Of course. Uh, as always, it's our mission to empower and educate everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from this debilitating pain, this, this life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. And we want people to thrive in, in whatever they want to do. And so on today's podcast, we are going to talk about a common barrier that we think is uh, in our healthcare system, kind of built into our healthcare system, and something actually that affected me, uh, and, and Dr. Storsbach, I'm sure this had an impact on you as well, but, um, and I think something that impacts a lot of patients. What we're going to talk about is how neurologists and, and the service that neurologists offer needs to be perceived appropriately. And so we're going to talk about what that means. How should we appropriately view neurology and, and what it offers for the person that has headaches and migraines? And uh, so an inappropriate view of neurology can lead to a couple things. It can lead to a patient um, maybe getting a recommendation from a neurologist and assuming that they will not find something outside of that that's that's valid or credible because the neurologist is sort of the primary authority within the headache or migraine world. Um, it can also do the opposite, where maybe the neurologist's recommendation comes with so much weight that uh, it, it might paralyze or scare a patient so much so that they uh, have sort of this hypersensitivity or sort of this sense of my, my pain is worse than it is. Uh, and then the last thing is we, we never want people to get stuck on this road of medications, taking medications, and thinking that's the only solution for them. And uh, that's probably the most common thing that we see. And uh, we're going to talk about why um, looking at neurology appropriately, uh, they can be utilized appropriately, and the medications can be utilized appropriately in the right context. So that's what we're going, going to talk through today. Uh, let's first start off with going through sort of a list of migraine diagnoses, because I do think this starts with the diagnosis process. We've seen, oh man, every, every, it seems like every type of headache and migraine. Uh, one of the things that people comment all the time, whether it's on our social media platforms or here in the clinic is, you know, how do I know if I have a migraine? Is like, do I have a migraine? Neurologists have told me I don't have a migraine or I do have migraines. And uh, that seems to be sort of an important thing for people to understand. And um, so we're going to go through a list of diagnoses that uh, we found through the International Classification of Headache um, Disorders. And, and this is a classification list that comes out, uh, and they, they update it, revise it every now and then. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just kind of pick through this. And uh, Dr. Storsbach, I'll have you just kind of uh, briefly go through these different diagnoses um, and maybe just talk about like, have we seen these? Have we not? I mean, is this something that uh, we would say, you know, no, let's, let's not work with this type of patient. I mean, like w when we, when we look at this diagnosis, what should we be thinking? Yeah. So there are quite a few diagnoses, which can feel very overwhelming. I think to people, if you were to go on this page, you'd see almost dozens of different types and subsects of migraines and headaches, and that can feel really overwhelming. Um, and people will sometimes attach themselves to a diagnosis um, when sometimes what it's doing is just simply kind of 
describing their symptoms. So let's kind of go through the list here. The first one is just migraine without aura. Aura means like a visual disturbance or kind of that sensation that you know a migraine might be coming on. Um, so that's kind of one subsect. And then we have migraine with aura. So that can even, there's even a more of a subsect in that migraine with typical aura. Um, and then even typical aura with headache or without headache. So that gets confusing. Like now, again, what's the difference between my migraine and my headache? Um, there's hemiplegic migraine, which can present more like stroke-like symptoms. Um, they have now familiar familial hemiplegic migraine, which just has that genetic component. Um, sporadic hemiplegic migraine and retinal migraine. Those are more um, thought to cause from the eye. So, but then we go down from there and then there's chronic migraine. Um, and there's even one on here I think is kind of funny. It's called just probable migraine with or without aura. And I, I honestly think that's probably just, they're just not quite sure. So they just made up yet another subsect of, it probably is a migraine, but we can't, it doesn't maybe fit all the perfect criteria. So this is what we'll call it. Um, there's episodic migraines. Um, that actually have like the uh, gastrointestinal disturbance. So that's that GI upset, stomach upset. Um, some people will even have nausea and vomiting. Um, and then there's even a subsect for um, vertigo. So some people will have that dizziness and vertigo with their headaches. So that kind of takes you through the long list. And to me, it kind of just takes people through... Um, their symptoms and puts them into a category. I will say we've seen just about all of these um, in our clinic and some will come in with multiple diagnoses. They'll say, I saw one doctor that told me I had a chronic migraine and one, one other doctor just told me I had a cluster headache and one told me I have trigeminal neuralgia and those are other diagnoses that aren't even listed here on the migraine page, but they'll have multiple. Um, and Again, I think, you know, of course, we we need as scientists like lists and data and diagnoses. And I, I get that. But um, most headaches are stemming from a similar area. And this is just kind of putting them into describing their symptoms for them. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the takeaway here is when when you go to see a neurologist, um, one of the things that you might be hoping for is that sort of specific diagnosis so that you can you can put a name on it. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's important to understand that everything we listed, all these, so migraine with aura, without aura, um, even like retinal migraines and uh, the, these cyclical vomiting syndrome. So these are all classifications of migraine that are essentially describing what you just told your provider. So if you walk in and, and say that you have um, sort of this sensation, whether it's visual or it, maybe you, you have um, numbness, tingling, something like that, that gives you a sense of, oh, I might be having a migraine. Uh, and then you, have, then you have head pain that's one-sided and kind of this throbbing, debilitating sensation. Um, that that sort of description allows the provider to say, okay, we're going to classify this as a migraine. And so there's really um, not this sense of profound, oh, we, we've, we've discovered something, or this gives me a good sense of direction on where we're heading. 
Um, and so that's the first sort of thing we want people to understand appropriately is that these diagnoses within this classification system that the neurologists are using is um, should be looked at as just a sort of a fancy way of describing your symptoms and putting you into a classification that really leads to certain medications. And so having having these diagnoses is not necessarily a step in the right direction, not necessarily being the key there. Um, they can be helpful, for, but for most people, I would say they're, they're, it's, not, it's not necessarily getting you closer to your goal. Um, and so when you see a neurologist, uh, kind of hold that loosely, hold, hold that diagnosis loosely and understand it as just a way of, of describing your symptoms and uh, classifying you. So that's... Yeah, and just to add to that, I mean, I think, uh, you know, on our end, it's the same with um, like imaging. I always think, is this going to change treatment? Um, and if the if you were to ask maybe your neurologist, like, does this diagnosis change what you're going to do with me? They might say yes, because their thought is medications maybe respond differently to different diagnoses. But as a PT perspective, it doesn't change treatment. And I just think that's always very important to like step back and think about that. Don't get so hooked up on those words if it's not going to actually change your outcome or your treatment much. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, because that's what people really care about. They want to get better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So the other thing that's, that's sort of like, um, right, right there in our faces, like it's, it's very apparent. This is not like, um, you don't have to dig very far to, to see this sort of stuff. But what we're going to talk about is when you try to find the source of migraines, what causes a migraine, if you, if you type that in mm. either you'll get like, I couldn't, I don't think I, could even find it on the Mayo Clinic website. I don't think they addressed it. And uh, and then on the Cleveland Clinic website, um, it's uh, if anyone listening to this uh, is involved with the neurology department at the Cleveland Clinic, you might want to change what uh, how you worded this here. But what causes a migraine? Cleveland ClevelandClinic.org. So the cause of migraine headaches is complicated and not fully understood. When you have a headache, it's because specific nerves in your blood vessels uh, send pain signals to your brain. This releases inflammatory substances into the nerves and blood vessels of your head. And my favorite line is this last one, and it says, it's unclear why your nerves do that. Um, so there you go. So all of you people that have been just going through life with this debilitating pain, and you're just like, man, like what is causing it? Um, and you think, man, like if I could only just travel to the Cleveland Clinic and they they could make my life so much better. Well, they're, they're, um, what they're working off of is it's unclear why your nerves do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, that's sort of <laughs> sums up our frustration with, uh, the healthcare model and how it's treated people with headaches and migraines. And of course it's not because they don't want to know why, but it's just because they're looking at it the wrong way. And so in that statement, they talked about nerves and blood vessels sending pain signals uh, as physical therapists, it's not hard for us to see that pain signal as coming from a different area and affecting the brain's perception of what's happening in those blood vessels. Uh, that's not, I mean, that's actually very common. We see this sort of pain pathway complicate other structures within the head. And so it's, uh, it's a very reasonable explanation to say like, hey, we, we think the neck could be a part of this, uh, especially if you get into the um, the neuroanatomy of, of the neck and those peripheral nerves, how they lead through the brainstem. 
So anyways, um, that, that is sort of what these neurologists are working off of. And I'll, I'll just briefly go into a little bit of my story when I started out because I was seeing people with headaches. And then if anyone would come in with a migraine diagnosis or migraine-like symptoms, I would always get a little bit like nervous or not sure if I was the appropriate provider for them. Mm-hmm. And what that was is, is the system that we're a part of um, makes us feel that these neurologists are are the most appropriate provider for someone with a migraine diagnosis. And so that was limiting to me as a provider, even though I had these tools to really help these patients. Uh, in my head, I was thinking it was inappropriate if these certain symptoms were showing up, I should refer them out. Um, and so what I did was I, I took a deep dive into like well, I didn't even need to take a very deep dive. I mean, if you just look at the Cleveland website, it's right there. But um, trying to understand, like, what what are these neurologists working off of as far as, like, the source? And how are they treating the source? And, and what do they understand as a source? And it, it really is as simple as, like, they don't know. And um, if I, I guess I would say if a neurologist um, tries to tell you that they do know, um, they probably have uh, information that uh, is maybe not published yet. Like, it, it just, it's not out there. Um, and so, or, or maybe they're working off sort of a, a theory that they have, but, um, what we're trying to do is provide sort of context into the source of it and neurology, um, not to be too critical here, but, uh, they're, they're not necessarily the system they work off of not, is not based on, uh, the, the source, which is the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts there? No, I think you said it well. I, um, I really think the take home here is, you know, a lot of people think of the neurologist as like hierarchy. They must kind of know the most about the most. um, And they might not be well equipped to actually handle this problem, whereas PTs are. And I just think that's that's a big takeaway today. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump down to the CTs and the MRIs, the the imaging because this is also associated with neurologists. Um, oftentimes patients will receive a CT or an MRI, and uh, we, wanted, we want to look at that appropriately too. So the key word of today's podcast is understanding appropriately what's happening and, and how we view this process. So um, let's, Dr. Storzbach, talk a little bit about like kind of the difference between CT, MRI, why someone would get those, what, what that means, and we can kind of go on a little tangent of, of the x-ray that maybe a chiropractor would take. Yeah, so um, CTs are more common in, in emergency rooms, and so more likely if you've gone been admitted to an ER for a headache, that's the, the tool they're going to use. It's actually quicker and probably less expensive, um, and that's one of the reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, with MRIs, there's actually a little bit more detail there. Um, primarily what they're trying to do is rule out anything that would be a red flag, um, something completely outside of the musculoskeletal skeletal system, such as a brain tumor, a brain bleed, something in that realm that they really need to pick up on and treat differently. Um, anything else that you can think between? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. So the CTMRI, again, if we go back to how this process is, is diagnosed, those diagnoses are not relying on a CT or an MRI. Um, and so the CT or MRI is just ruling out, you know, the, the really bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are, are uh, very, very rare, though. So mm-hmm. uh, most everyone with headaches um, is, is not ever going to really need a CT or an MRI. They just mm-hmm. kind of do that because, um, yeah, especially in the emergency room because they, 
They want to make sure they don't miss something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then oftentimes, either primary or more likely neurology w- may order those. Um, and usually that's, you know, if you have a traumatic change in your symptoms, uh, if you're at a certain age, um, if, if there's more of a recent onset, um, you know, th- things like that uh, can indicate more CTMRI. And then it's just the provider's preference. I mean, I'm sure there's neurologists out there that kind of, you know, do MRIs on most people with migraines. And, and that's just um, maybe not the most evidence-based approach, but just that's what they prefer to do. Uh, and so depending on who you see, that, that can be a different experience. As far as like x-rays, uh, we, we personally don't typically recommend x-rays uh, just because it, we're focusing on movement. And so the, the reason someone might get an x-ray and likely that's that's from like a chiropractor. Sometimes it can be from a primary care doctor or something like that. But um, they're they're looking at alignment as far as the chiropractor is concerned, and um, especially if it's after like a, a motor vehicle accident or whiplash injury, some sort of head or neck trauma, it actually would be appropriate to get an X-ray to rule out uh, any sort of fracture. So that that would make sense. We just very rarely see someone like. Um, a day or two after they've had an injury Uh, we're we're more in the like I've had migraines for 10 years and these won't go away category Mm -hmm. and so usually all this stuff is sort of like you know they've checked all these boxes kind of in the reverse order where we'd we'd want them to see us first but unfortunately that's not the case Mm -hmm. all right so how should we appropriately think of neurologists and where their specialty is because they do have have value for the patient with headaches and migraines. And I think a lot of people listening would be like, well, you, you know, my neurologist is great. They, they've, they've listened to me. They've prescribed medication. That's been very helpful. They've led me down uh, a good path. And so, um, and that's, that's awesome. And we love the, the good neurologists out there. Sometimes that's, uh, and actually probably more commonly is we hear the, the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my neurologist didn't listen to me. My neurologist, um, just dismissed my symptoms. Um, they were short with me. They didn't, they didn't spend any time. I don't feel like they know really what I'm suffering mm-hmm. through. Um, and so what, what I would say, what we would say is that a neurologist has a, a very, um, they, they have a greater breadth of understanding and knowledge when it comes to medications mm-hmm. and what medications are appropriate for a, a person that's struggling with headaches or migraines. Um, but they, they don't necessarily have a better understanding of migraines themselves. Um, so what that means is if, if we're thinking about the skill set that neurology has and why we would go visit neurologists, it's because they have like the next level of expertise on, on managing those medications. But I would encourage people not to think of them as having a better understanding of migraines when it comes to the source and how to treat the source. And so that's an important, important distinction because when you see the neurologist and you walk away with a recommendation, likely it's going to be something that has to do with medication. And so that's, that's appropriate. That's what you should expect, but you should not think of that as they understand your migraines. And because you saw the neurologist, that, that is sort of the final step because it's likely not the final step. Mm Um, yeah, any, any, uh, feedback there? Yeah, no, I completely agree. They are definitely the expert on the medications. And so if for the short term, it's amazing to help manage pain. 
Um, and then there's also the period when people want to come off their meds. There's a lot of people while during the treatment with us, they want to come off their medications, but most of them have to be monitored and weaned appropriately. And so that's also the neurologist can help quite a bit. Um, we also have several patients that receive Botox injections from their neurologist and when they work, they work really well. And so, um, that's another, you know, another thing, another specialty the neurologist can provide. Yeah, absolutely. Because this, this pain, uh, is so debilitating that, uh, you know, medications are, are not bad, uh, especially short term. Um, a lot of a lot of people find a lot of relief through their medications, and so we're very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what what we would encourage people to think when so when you go to these providers, like if you were to come to us, and uh, we there's a lot of different like contexts that we could say this in as physical therapists, where we think other providers are sort of overstepping their expertise. But uh, if you would come to us and we would start making recommendations on medication and how to manage those, that, that would be that'd be out of our scope of practice and that would be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And so um, our, our sort of push against the, the current model and how it's set up is if you go see a neurologist, it would be inappropriate for them to evaluate your neck and rule out your neck as the mm-hmm. source of pain. And so um, if, if a neurologist is, is clearing your neck um, – that that is what I would say is sort of overstepping their understanding of the neck, mm-hmm. and that really needs to be uh, a physical therapist that understands this problem, and uh, and can do that appropriately. So um, that's that's just sort of understanding their expertise, utilizing them appropriately, um, and uh, we don't we don't ever we're not in the business of sort of like bashing other professions or talking down on other professions, but. It is important to understand the uh, sort of the expertise and specialty and looking at it appropriately because mm-hmm. ultimately it all drives back to we want you to get better. We want you, the listener, to find relief, mm-hmm. um, to to find yeah the the sort tr- treatment for the source of pain rather than just relying on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, any other final thoughts here, Dr. Storzbach? Just that, yeah, the patient should always be their own advocate, and sometimes the best results come from the patient that pushes and does their own research and sometimes pushes back against their doctor. So don't be afraid to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, thanks for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. Tune in next week. Every Monday uh, we publish another one of these, and uh, our podcast platform is growing, our reach is growing, and we're just so thrilled. If you've been impacted by this, I want you to share this with someone, especially if you know they have headaches or migraines. Um, it's so common. This this is such a common issue that uh, we want to get the word out. And then if you have uh, been debating on reaching out or working with us, please do that. Uh, we'd love to help you, whether that's virtually or in person. And um, we just, yeah, we, we appreciate everyone who supported us because we know um, we're, we're sort of on to something when not only our patients are getting better, but just this, this sort of like impact we feel like we have on people. It's a lot of fun what we do. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. very lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. We, as always, it's, it's our mission to empower and educate everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from that life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Uh, stay tuned next time.